Hi and welcome to The Three Good Podcast, a weekend podcast where I talk about all things to do with positive psychology, well-being, resilience, mental health and emotional intelligence. I'm your host, Sukhpavia. Hi folks, how are you doing? It has been a long while and a lot has been happening since I last spoke to you all. The primary thing that happened in that period of time is I have started up my own local business in Epping. Pretty exciting, I think. I started up a, um, a co-working space and we've now been running for about, well, this is our third month. We're into our, three month, uh, into our third month, which is quite cool. And there's just so much to... Um, like to focus on when you're when you're doing this kind of thing so understandably that's taken a lot of my time and energy and uh yeah we're so we'll we'll into that i'm learning so much about what it means to to be a local business owner you know to have something set up on the high street uh which for for um, a market town like epping so epping is in essex um and it's a it's a very traditional market town, meaning it has kind of just one high street. It's a it's a short high street. Um, there's a regular weekly market that takes place, uh, which it's quite well known for, and people come and put their pitch up. And uh, it's it's just on the um, it is just on the border of Epping Forest as well. So there's lots of greenery around here. Um, and it's uh, it's also the last stop on the central line which is part of the london underground network and um so it's quite a natural commuter town for a lot of people as well so there's a lot going on in terms of um trying to figure out for me there's a lot for me going on in terms of how to help make the place um uh help help make the place thing right um it's yeah um and, and I'm, I'm excited by um kind of all the opportunity that, that this place brings to me and for Epping as well. So just looking back and May was when I last spoke to everybody. So it's actually a lot longer than I thought it was, you know, that, um, but yeah, these things happen. This is how sometimes life just plays out really. And um, so today um, I wanted to talk about uh, apologies, shame and guilt and how they're all you know, how they all impact on what kind of apology we think we are trying to give to somebody. Apologies for me are super fascinating because it's the ultimate form of kind of vulnerability, right? It's, you know, when we when we think about why, uh, what is it that makes apologies difficult for many people, it's that they don't want to appear weak. They don't want to appear without power and power is such a strong concept in today's world we see it in so many ways and at its worst we saw it exacerbated with the likes of trump um uh in and his abuse of that power that he had and in kind of normal everyday circumstances we see people really struggling to work with the power they have 
and acknowledge that their privilege that comes with their power, although um, isn't something that they can do anything about, means that there's work to be done there so that that power is shared equally amongst many, many people. And so I'm, I'm quite fascinated by how by uh, uh, how apologies can be so difficult for so many people. And when we, th I think when you start to think about, you know, all the all the different times that you know you were probably told by your parents or some elder or a teacher or someone, say sorry for what you just did. And so you just say to the person, you know, I'm sorry. Um, and there's never really anything more that comes with it. And you know that that person didn't really mean that apology because they haven't really said anything of value beyond the words. And at the same time, it is important to say the words. You know, it is important for people to hear that you are apologetic for something that has happened. Um, and I think there's there's a lot that gets caught up in it when we start to really think about the emotional side of it as well, because for some people, an apology can be healing and it can really help them to work through something, some some deeply problematic thing that they might be experiencing. Um, for others, they may see uh, they may see something as simple as I'm sorry as being too um, emotionally bereft, right, in that there's no substance to it. And you need to hear or feel something more. So I'm really interested in how that that we 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 start to think about why and when we say sorry and how we apologize as well. And how does shame and guilt get wrapped up in it as well? Because if you if you when you go when you hear an apology, there's normally some level of admission of guilt or um, an openness of the shame that somebody's feeling. And that's hard for for the person to um, who's who's trying to apologize. You know, if someone has done something like stolen some money, there's there's both the shame and the guilt that comes with that. How do you apologize for that? How do you say to to the person that you stole from, I'm I'm really sorry that I stole that money from you. And here's how it makes me feel that I did that. And that's hard, right? It's because the other person does want to hear like, well, how how and why are you apologizing? Like, where is the learning or the um, or where's the difference in action or behavior that I'm going to see from you? And I've been through my fair share of shame and guilt experiences, right? Shameful experiences, guilt-ridden experiences. Um, and it's taken me a long time to really, really work through. And I still haven't really got there, but it's taken me a long time to really work through, well, how do I show to people that... I have changed or or that my behavior isn't where that set of that stuff that might have happened previously just not it's not a thing anymore and I think what what is what we're seeing a lot in today's kind of online world 
is people are not being given the opportunity to repent. They're not being given that um, grace to be able to say, yeah, I might have said something which was harmful and um, and it was destructive or violent uh, with my words to a group of people. And I, I, I've learned from that and I'm, I'm a better person now. And those things were harmful, but I don't do that now. And I stand for something better and different. And I think we would all want to be able to see that we are given the opportunity to repent. We are given the opportunity to be able to stand up for something better, provided we actually are, right? Provided we can not just show to people, but others can speak on our behalf and say, yeah, that person has actually improved from when things were bad. And and I, and I get it from a kind of a justice perspective that sometimes something might happen where we need someone to uh, to really um, do something fundamentally different, um, or they might have to be, you know, incarcerated or imprisoned because of something severe. I'm not talking about those kind of circumstances. I'm talking about kind of the everyday stuff that happens. You know, the kind of the everyday racism, the everyday sexism, the everyday. Uh, you know, dismissing of someone or the way that we talk down to people, like all of these different things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. These are the things I'm talking about. Where we have the opportunity to be able to to think about what's happened and we have the opportunity to be able to reflect and discuss and come out of that with some thinking and some realization that yeah maybe maybe there's something here i missed and certainly recently i've experienced this where a friend of mine we were talking um and she tried to tell me something that i was saying was needed to needed to be better with the way i was using my language and i struggled and i really did struggle with that and i I had to really sit with it. I was really sitting with why did I struggle? Why did I get so defensive and think that I was uh, in the wrong? And partly it was because I was in the wrong, right? So there is certainly that there. But actually when I took the time to really think about why it made me uncomfortable, um it's because the topic we were talking about was a hard topic for me to reconcile with and so i got defensive because i felt my, my position was the right position and and so that gave me a real moment of right so what's going on there how are we how are we thinking how am i thinking about what's happened and how can I let this other person know that I value what they said? That what they said had importance and I just wasn't ready to hear it. I wasn't ready to listen to that. 
And so I think there's also something when we think about apologies and shame and guilt about that ability to to be ready to hear something that we might not be open to. You know, it's not necessarily about feedback, right? Or it's about hearing things that you don't want to hear. Sometimes, sometimes there's a, a point of view or a perspective which is challenging to what we know. And so when we get defensive and we think we're right, you know, that whole thing around being right, we all experience it. I see it in so many, so many ways. And when people think they have to be right, it stops so much from happening. It stops us from being inquiry-led. It stops us from asking questions to understand. It reduces the capacity for empathy. And I, that's what I experienced when I had this conversation with my friend. I, 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 was, I stopped being empathetic because I wanted to be right. And I think one of the things I've really learned over the last probably four or five years is we've had a lot of stuff in society to really shake us up in so many ways. And a lot of that has meant that we've lost a lot of empathy with each other. You know, when we think about things like Brexit, when we think about things like the Trump administration, the current Tory government, the pandemic and the handling by the UK government of the pandemic, the current fuel crisis that we are currently experiencing in the UK. Like there are there are many, uh, obviously things like Black Lives Matter, Me Too, all of these things. There's many, many, many things at play where many people have an opinion and they want to be right in their opinion. And because of that, there is no room for apologies. Because you have to, you can't be seen to be weak. And because you can't be seen to be weak, because of the, in the social media space at least anyway, people are following you because they want to hear your outspoken points of view. Because they don't feel they have their own voice to be able to do that. And I can see it. I can hear it. And, you know, that people find it so difficult to uh, take a moment and think, wait, what was I hearing? What was this person trying to say to me? Because there's, there's always the opportunity to be able to just lean into that conversation. As difficult as it can be. As hard as it can be to hear the things. And I think we've lost so much in terms of that empathy and that social fabric because of such polarised topics. Everything is polarised these days. Like a couple of years back when Greg's, the... um, the, the kind of fast food bakery um, sh- shop opened uh, or started selling vegan versions of their products. People were up in arms about that. Like, how, how is how are you up in arms about whether or not a bakery chooses to serve a variety of 
menu items? Like, how is that something to be upset about and get angry about and have polarized views about? Like, it, we've got to such inane and mundane things to get angry and annoyed about. And the things that matter, like being anti-racist, like being pro-social justice, like you know, wanting a functioning government that is not corrupt. Like these are the things that we can and should be having much better debates around. But we get sidetracked with like stupidity. And so what I'm trying to say here is what I'm trying to build towards is how when we have all of these things at play and this need to be right about the different things that we are experiencing, those times when we realize that actually I could have just listened and I could have just accepted what the other person had to say. And I need to apologize for not doing that. I need to apologize for not taking the time to appreciate the other person for who they are and what they've got to say. And that's the thing, right? Is we're, we're battling this thing of needing to be right versus valuing others. And what we've been told so many times through the media is, and through particular commentators is, don't worry about others. Just be right. Because being right will always be on your side. And I think that's so problematic. Like, yes, it's important to be right, but it's not important to be right at the expense of valuing somebody else. Like, if somebody else is experiencing a hardship because of racism, and we can also point to things that that person might have done that are wrong. So say, for example, um, that somebody um, has committed a crime, right? They've stolen some goods from a shop. And uh, they are also able to point to how their life has been hard because of discrimination against them. Like both of those things are hard things to try and reconcile and work with. On the one hand, that person deserves to um, be punished for their crime. On the other hand, how do we help them to, how do we help have a society where discrimination is not a common thing? And and so because of that, one is, you know, because of that scenario, one is, well, there's a right thing to be done here. That person needs to be put to, uh, needs to be punished. And we also need to try and value that person for who they are and understand the hardships that they've gone through. And th this is where I think we've lost so much in recent years. I think recent years have been hard in so many ways on the that level of empathy and when we do show empathy when we do try and show compassion and kindness people respond and they respond in again a polarized way some people will be really um, inspired and motivated and want to do more of that for themselves and for other people 
by being more kind and more compassionate. And again, we will see other people who will fight against that and go, no, this is not the way to be supporting this group of people. We have other options and I choose to not be open about my kindness and compassion and I keep that limited to like you know my immediate family or the people in my life who are important to me i'm just i i guess i'm stuck i'm i'm stuck and struck with how there is so much shame and guilt in so many different ways being manifest and we aren't allowing ourselves the real discourse, the real reflections that we could all do with to be able to work through it all. But also, there's a lot of just relentless stuff happening in the news. We're constantly being bombarded by things. We don't get the time to think about, well, what does that particular event mean and how am I supposed to understand it? How am I supposed to process that? And what impact does that mean it has for me and my life and the people around me? Because as soon as we're hit with one piece of news, we get hit with typically about two or three other things. It is very normal these days in a week to experience three to four huge pieces of news. Because that's just how things are going right now. And it might be that we're in an age where we have the capacity, the capability of being able to expose more things in the news. And therefore, there are many more things to be aware of and cognizant of. And because of that, because of the, the variety of news channels that are out there and news media that can report on things, we do get that. And we do have a multitude of different things that are being spoken about. And I think that what that leaves us with is reduced capacity to really think about well what are we supposed how do we put policy in place to really make things better from a biased perspective like i would also really welcome that we had a government that could respond to things without re without knee jerk type reactions or without um short termism as being their goal and having a real long term view on how do we help the many different problems that we have in society right now and i'm talking about these things because i see that when we are full of or when we have to contend with shame and contend with guilt we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to apologize for making bad decisions i say to my kids regularly I have no problem with like, if you've done something and you tell me that you've done that and it's a bad thing or it's not a helpful or it's harmful, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if they've done something for which they need to apologize, they absolutely have to apologize for that. And when they do, it doesn't mean that they're not going to get punished for it, but it means that we have a better conversation because they're accepting their guilt. They're accepting that there was something to be corrected and to, to get better with. 
one of the things I have learned over the years is that apologies don't have to be filled with shame though. Apologies don't have to be, like the language that we use doesn't have to be about, um, you know, self-loathing or blaming of other people. And I think that's also what we get stuck with when it comes to apologies. You know, many, many times we hear an apology and someone will say, yeah, look, I am sorry I did that. But if that person didn't act the way they did, I wouldn't have done what I did. Like, that's not an apology. Right? That's, that's, that's making an excuse by saying the other person was just as responsible. And there's a real thing there about not wanting to take that responsibility because, again, it makes us look like we're weak. And when we're being told in so many ways, you can't be weak. And actually, what we're being told is you can be responsible for the successes that happen. But if there's something bad that is happening, then you need to make sure that that's passed on to somebody else. I don't take that responsibility. You don't need to be accountable for that. We're seeing that plenty in the current UK government. They are making regular bad decisions. And as a result, we are seeing how that is being played out. And instead of holding themselves responsible and accountable, they blame other groups for their failures. And because of the other groups' failures, we're not having the right quality discussions about how are we supposed to make things better. And then the policy decisions that they that do get made about how are we going to make things potentially better ultimately are only about serving the government and not actually about serving those groups that were harmed because of the bad decision making. It's such a convoluted thing. Like I'm so, I, I, I get so lost in kind of the, the, um, mental gymnastics that you have to do in order to try and figure out wait where have we got to and how have we re arrived at this point so i and i think one of the things is like i'm like i said just a bit before when we when we try to apologize for stuff that's happened i think we've been traditionally shown that you should only be you can only do that by saying I'm so sorry I am such a bad person or you know talking down about yourself in some way to show how um, sorrow you sorrowful you are about the thing that happened I'm not sure that's a healthy thing, though. Like, I think it's very okay to say, I did something and it was really bad and harmful. And I'm, I have such regret about doing that. And it caused me a lot of pain to know that I caught, I did that in the first place. And here's how it's led me to want to do better. Like, I think that's okay to say. 
because the other the other way that that might normally get said is i know that thing that i did was really harmful and i'm such a bad person for doing that and i really hate myself and um i i understand if you never want to have anything to do with me ever again and these are those are really emotionally charged words and really heavy ways of thinking I'm not saying that that's a bad way to apologize. Like if that's what a person feels and that's what they think they need to say, that should I, they should absolutely be able to say that. But I'm just not sure that apologies need to be so filled with that kind of self-loathing language. Yes, we should be expressing shame. And yes, we should be able to express guilt. But I think we can do we can do those things without blaming other people and without the self-loathing language. I think if we were able to do that more, we might be able to see how apologies can have so much more power to them. Like in the example I gave before about somebody stealing something, you know, it's I think it's okay to be able to say I made a really bad decision there and I'm so sorry for doing that and I feel really bad that I did that to you and I don't want that to happen again so I'm not going to do that again whereas again another way we might hear that is yeah I know I stole but it's because this other person did this thing to me and I needed to get back at them and this is how I was going to get back at them. And I'm I'm kind of glad I did that, actually, because it showed them that they can't treat me like that. Like that's that kind of vengeful language we hear a lot when it comes. I think we hear that plenty in, in um, when people try to apologize. So I'm going to kind of wrap it up here and just kind of leave this on a point of. I wanted to share some thinking around apologies and shame and guilt and kind of just some of my broader thinking that's been sat with this um, and how I think there's many things that come into it that are at play. I don't think there is a right way to apologize, by the way. I'm not advocating that anything I've said here is better than anything else. It's just my own reflections as to where I'm at with some with this whole kind of array of topics. Um, I've spoken about some things through politics and social justice and things like that. Again, these are just my opinions, folks. You don't, if you don't agree with them, you don't agree with them. That's totally fine. But there we go. So I think we'll leave it there. I hope you've had a good weekend, people. And as we come into the autumn and winter period, um, look after yourselves, folks. You know, things start to get a bit chillier and. We're going to have to be more cautious about thing, all things COVID and what that means for future gatherings and what have you. I hope you're well. Um, and uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's try and take care of each other as best as we can out there. As always, if you've been listening and you think this was a good and helpful episode, there's plenty more where this came from. Did you know, by the way, that I've recorded up how many episodes are we up to now? So this was episode 46. There's been 45 other episodes, folks. 
So if you fancy going back and having a listen to what else was in the series, please do. I shall catch you all another time. Bye-bye.